The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Better known as Brooklyn. Better known as the Borough. That's that's the straight up. No, no, that's the straight up. That's the Black Moon version. I know. G1. Right. (laughs) We can't go that long. We can't go that long. Yeah, I know. Sadly. Before they come after us. Uh, But nevertheless, you can find this here podcast on, um, interesting, uh, the Coastal of the Podcast Network, that's cspn.us. Do it today. And you can also find uh, this here podcast on your podcast browser place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or uh, the, the, (laughs) um, the, the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the five-star reviews. I was trying to tweet the show out and got and something caught my eyes. That's a, that's a bad combination. Um, but nevertheless, that's poor, folks, that was porn. It was not porn. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is a family show. <laughs> Oh man, but um, that's, that's one of the few things that will distract me like that. We all know that. I mean, granted, I, I give you that, but no, it was just I don't know something, some you know, think people say things on on it's just like all right, y'all need to just log off. Anywho's, um, you can also find us. What well, did I do? The yes, no, I didn't. Uh, you could also find find us recording every Thursday night, nine thirty ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, with the exception of next week, as we will get into in a second. But um, you can find... Oh, I was going to say, right now we're on daylight savings time. Well, yes. Yeah, sure. And we are still suffering for that one hour lost. This is true. Sleep. Yeah, that... Yeah, anyway, that, sorry that, to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, that that kind of got me that day, too, uh, in a couple of different ways, <laughs> even though we had talked yes. about it previously. But anyway, you can find us on uh, streaming every Thursday night, 9.30-ish, uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time or, you know, Daylight Saving Time, regardless. We're in the East, so that's why I said Eastern Standard Time. Um, the East is in the house. Exactly. But you can find us on twitch.tv slash Chronicles <clears throat> and youtube.com slash Nation. 
Make sure to click a like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting. And leave us all the five-star or positive and or positive reviews. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and with that, folks, we're going to get into this here show. Um, as I... Let's just do this thing. We're going to start off with spoiler-free slash light recaps of uh, us, some shows that we have been watching. Of course, if you've been with us for a minute, you know what we're going to do. We'll be starting off with uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch, uh, which is uh, uh, episode, excuse me, season two, episode 13, titled Pabu. Yes, it's not taboo like the guy from the Black Eyed Peas, but yes. Pabu. <laughs> uh, and ironically, Pabu is a place, not a people. Also funny because you said you said that also not taboo like from Francis Ireland. <laughs> oh no, the plane, <laughs> boss, the plane. You would have to be of a very certain finish to get that <laughs> reference. I know there's a new one out, but I don't know if they if they, if they went that far with it. Right, right, Which, right, right. That's right, kind of right, crazy. Right. There is a new fantasy island that's 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 out. That's messed up. Anywho, yeah. Um, so yeah, as Agent Seventy said, Pabu is a place and a seemingly nice place. I uh, admittedly, like I said, without going too too far into what happens in the episode, um, the batch find themselves there along with Fee, who uh, um, channels a little bit of uh, Han Solo in the beginning of the uh, show, but. They end up on, on Pabu, you know, for, I guess, a respite. But all through the episode, I'm sitting here like, okay, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. They're about to get dropped in on for something. And something does happen, which we won't go into, but not what you would normally expect it's to happen It's not them. what you think it is. The right. entire, uh, you know, part of me, I, you know, it's a, it's a shame I closed my, uh, my, uh, my music streamer. But I, I would have played like a snippet of rumbling from uh, Attack on Titan because that's kind of what we get here in the Bad Batch. Right. And um, not caused by Titans, though. But, um, yeah, like, like we said, it's not what you think is going to happen in this episode. And it seems that at least temporarily the Bad Batch as a crew, as a group, as a, as a family uh, – are headed in a certain direction we will see how long that direction lasts right but we also see shades of them kind of um going a certain way and maybe um some allegiances may uh have or will be changing yep uh but it was this is kind of a thing that was expected to happen so we're just kind of (laughs) just <laughs> getting the getting that now which i wasn't expecting to happen in this way and i'm and i know there's another shoe that's probably about to drop because of that but mm-hmm. um i i i, I don't know for, for some strange reason i've expected it to be a little bit more direct than yeah. what happened here but like i said would you let that uh leave that for you fine folks to uh to find out when you get a chance to check this episode out if you haven't already right Otherwise, that was a pretty good episode. Like I said, it was just if it wasn't for the fact that it was like, okay, something something really really crazy is about to happen, and it doesn't right. it doesn't you know it was that. a different direction. Exactly. So you know, still it was still fun, but it definitely was not where I thought it was going to go. Right. 
So, but I guess that's just the setup for okay. Now something's really about to happen. Right. So. Right. 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 Okay. So next up is the Mandalorian from this past week again. Very spoiler light or mostly spoiler free because it has only been a day since this episode released. And uh, the episode was titled The Convert. Mm-hmm. Right. And that has that carries a whole host of meanings. So. The bookends of this episode involve Mandalorian. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll, we'll get into that in a second, because that was kind of funny, the way they did that. The middle of the episode is almost like, without going so deep into it, it's kind of hard not to spoil it, because what's revealed here is is kind of confirming some theories of what the whole purpose of the introduction of the child was. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning of season one of The Mandalorian, it kind and of confirms some theories or at least gets people pointed in that direction. Right. And kind of actually, if you think about it, kind of uh, ties into the direction that the Bad Batch is, is, uh, has been going in. That, too. In I think it's all meant mm-hmm. it's to all related. tie into that. Like, it's all laying down the foundation for mm-hmm. the awful sequels. Yes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I can deliver that deadpan with it, like you know, like anybody, like uh, like anybody's business. Um, what I was going to add is, as I was watching this and I was reading this week's, uh, uh, what is it? Um, sorry, I apologize, folks. Immoral. I couldn't remember what the uh, adjective was in the immoral X Men, and it reminds me that. This is all very reminiscent of uh, Mr. Sinister's uh, plot and uh, screw-ups. Yeah. And what, what, what they're doing in the Sins of Sinister uh, storyline. And what, what, their goal, what, what Sinister's goal has been over this time and where he's gone bad. And, you know, obviously he's trying to re, you know, he's doing his best to try to reset things. But now... Things have gone bad in a whole, you know, just in a gigantically awful direction. Huh. And, you know, the, 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 the principles that, 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 that Sinister was employing in this future uh, cloning process very much reminded me of what was going on and what was being theorized in Star Wars. Yeah, a little bit of eugenics between friends, you know. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> just a little. Um, but yeah, I, I, the only thing I was going to add to that is that like, if once you see the beginning of the episode, once it gets to the title card, you kind of expect it to go continue to go a certain way, and then you just see a skirt, hard pivot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, wait a minute. You get to the sandwich of the episode, the the, the meat of the episode, and the meat. Depending on your tastes, maybe not so tasty. Yeah, in- indeed. But uh, all in all, it was in. I thought it was in service of. Uh, like, oh, of like, course it is. It's know, in service it of the for, greater story. But it right. still seemed to be a kind of a hard shift b- between what happens at the beginning and then the middle part. That whole middle right. part that they happened right. to tack back on at the end of it, which was kind of funny to me. I was like, oh, so they're coming back to this, huh? Okay. <laughs> I, I I honestly liked. 
I, I, I like that some of the theories that I saw and heard were confirmed as to how Din was going to prove his trip. Uh-oh. About being baptized. Right. You know? Right. And uh oh. I, I thought something I thought something. Well, happened. something you were kinda you were kinda cutting out there for a second. So I was Oh my to... bad. No, no, look, so so basically, you know, that's that's um so ultimately that's uh you know, I I kinda got a kick out of that mm-hmm. about how he proved that he had been baptized. Right. And then I like someone kind of came along for the ride, literally and figuratively, <laughs> because yeah. of things that happened. I'm like, okay, that makes sense because X Y Z happened. I'm like, okay, sure, I- I'll allow it. It makes it makes total sense. <laughs> I'm right, pretty right, sure right, if right, you could right. see under, if you could have seen under the helmets, you'd been like, what? <laughs> from, <laughs> from one of those characters. So yeah. Especially one of those, one specifically one of those characters, the Favreau character. Exactly. Yeah, because I know he. Yeah, exactly. And I know that character's got something cooking up. Because I was like, wait, we got, we still got some beef. <laughs> I think we still have some beef going going back as far as because I can't remember if those two met in the Clone Wars. I think they had, but I don't remember. No, the, no, no. One of them was di- no, no, no. His ancestor died. No. No, 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 but what I'm saying, but, uh, but, well, this particular, uh, legacy character, I'm pretty sure was there in the Clone Wars, is what I'm saying. Okay. But I can't remember if he, if this, if that character and Bo, I'd have to go back and check, but, uh, and Bo-Katan actually left. Spoiler alert, Bo-Katan's in this episode, but you've, you've been keeping up, you, you already know that. So. Yep. Um, but otherwise, it was like I say, the, the, despite the shift in, in uh, the the as Agent Seventy says, the bookend of the episode, um, it was pretty still pretty decent. Like it kind of went a place. I'm like, okay, I was actually expecting. Actually, I was expecting a little more tied to. For some strange reason, I was expecting a little more tied into what's currently going on in Bad Batch. But it, that's also something that's happening at two different time periods. Like the Mando right. and, and, and Bad Batch are happening in two different time periods. Right. Not far so, from each other, but still. So, right. so this is the first of two uh, references that made me think of Stranger Things. And I know that Roddy Cat has not watched Stranger okay. Things. Okay. Right? But they reference the Mind Flayer in this episode. Right. And that's very much a Stranger Things reference because it's like name, you know, it's like the name of a creature that they fight, you know, it's like a Dungeons and Dragons creature. Right? Oh, okay, okay, because the Mind Flayer has come up uh, before in Star Star Wars, so I, that's what I, I would know. But it. you know what I'm saying? Like it's the right. it's 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 the first of two, and in you know we're we're about to touch upon Picard, and trust me, there's some Stranger Things in there also. That's oh, and I think I know what you're talking going going to mention in that. Um, even though I haven't seen Stranger Things, I think I know what yeah what you're going to connect to that. Right. So, uh, and actually, yeah. So we're yeah we're pretty much done with Mando. It was pretty good, but yeah, that was kind of it would be kind of jarring coming out of the title <laughs> title card from the beginning of it. That's all I would say. Yeah, be prepared, folks. If you have not watched it, be prepared for a bit of a jolt in the middle of the episode, and then kind of shifting back uh, right. towards the end. Right. And on that, we go to um, uh, uh, b- b- Star Trek Picard um, season three, episode so five. five, called Imposters. Right, so we're halfway, 
Yes. Uh, I'm sorry to, to talk over Roddy Cat. It is season five, uh, episode five, right, of this right. season three. And the title is Imposters, as Roddy Cat said. So we are halfway through. That's what I wanted to, to, to get out. It's true. And uh, Roddy Cat's going to go deeper into the story, but I yeah. will mention that there is a very clear, at least to me, visual and kind of storytelling reference to Stranger Things. So anyone who has watched all of Stranger Things up until now kind of got like that upside down feeling, you know, with like the 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 the, the some of the the special effects that 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 come around when uh the kids go into um the upside down and uh you know, obviously the mind flare is you know was the uh, the Star Wars reference that made me think of Stranger Things, but there are special effects involved in this episode of Picard, as Roddy Cat will soon tell you, that made me think of Stranger Things as well. Uh, take it away. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to go into too far into it because the show just came out uh, the day we were recording, so you know people haven't had a chance to watch it. But that being said, yes, I have seen like a clip or two enough of Stranger Things to know what you're talking about. Let's put it that way. Yep. Uh, because we find out in, we do. Well, so there's going to be a recurring theme in this particular show, uh, uh, um, week's show uh, of the Combo Chronicles, because one particular character, actually two technically, but one of them's a surprise. One, but one particular character, uh, major TNG character, you would say, uh, shows up in a couple of different places this week. Right. Uh, actually, like I said, two, but like I said, the one is a, uh, one is a, um, one of the support. So we were kind of talking before the show. Um, and I am not entirely sure about this. I'll have to look into it about whether the shows and the current comic books are, uh, canon- canonically tied. I believe some of them are, cause I know they're doing a strange new worlds book. And I know that is probably um, kind of based that that is that is definitely based off the show. And I know there's a couple of other books that are, and I'm not seeing too much reason to doubt that the current ongoing Star Trek book and the side book that just came out this week that we'll talk about um, is not. But I'm not like I said officially sure because there's something that comes up in one of those books that seemingly Picard to an explanation. Uh, to, to a, it's tied to an explanation that is given in Star Trek uh, Picard this week. That being said, um, you wanted more Worf, you got more Worf. Which, you, you know, if you've been keeping up and you've been seeing any of the um, the ads for this, you know it was coming. So, but yeah, this is, as we said last week on the show, they were going to focus a little bit more on Worf and what Worf and Raffi doing Um uh, at some point, and that happened to be this week, and also the proverbial tides from the A and B plot are starting to come together because of that. And right. what happens in this uh, episode is, is uh, as Agent Seventy's uh, sandwich references um, uh, uh, want to say, is the mayonnaise that kind of brings it all together. Oh, no. <laughs> also, although we are still missing. Uh, a, a couple of things that are I'm sure that are going to come up uh, in later in the last five episodes uh, right. to kind of really bring it all home. But um, yeah, there's um, 
to, to quote Keanu, strange things are afoot uh, uh, at the Circle K. <laughs> or in this case, um, Starfleet. Gotcha, gotcha. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm not a fan of this particular uh, plot device that they're using, but I understand. But here's the thing. It's a thing, but they have been pretty much playing the Star Trek playbook this whole time. Like, yes, there's always something going on, you know, with either Starfleet somewhere or some enemies or something going on. So, like I said, I, I wasn't surprised about it, but them leaning so heavily in it for for this, and I believe in TNG, some of that actually. Uh, well, I mean, you saw it in some of the older stuff, like you know. Um, but I think there's probably been some TNG episodes that kind of definitely swayed in the course of yes, some 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 bad things in Starfleet, you know. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, whole yeah. Section Thirty One fleet and you know stuff coming out of uh, DS Nine, you know. Uh, and and that definitely some of that definitely plays heavily into this as as we are probably going to find out a little bit more about going forward. But um, right. so yeah, it is definitely in the 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 Star Trek wheelhouse that that's yes yeah, something's always happening in Star Trek Starfleet and something. Matter of fact, I do remember there was a specific TNG episode where um a kind of similar thing happens, but not with who we find out that the antagonists uh, of this season are or partial antagonists are, but it definitely, it was definitely a similar plot. So like I said, this is not outside the, what they've done in the past. So, so it, it is what so, it is. Right. So I'll just add a couple little things. Um, one in the pre-show uh, production meeting that we always have, and sometimes goes a little long. Um, we both referenced a great line that Commander Worf got to deliver. Yes. Very funny. Yes. Very, very well done. And second, um, the one thing I'll say about the surprise returning character was, damn, <laughs> aging well. Yes. We we have a, a, a yes we definitely have a um it was it was a it was a surprise that as I was telling um Agent Seventy that this character actually showed back up but also quite welcoming to to see this character after yes. so so much time I would safely say because it's like because this character and has they a, wrote had a time it right they him. wrote the character well like they wrote the interaction well that it wasn't mm-hmm. fake it actually turned out to be very real. Yes, I, you, you kind of get the sense it's like, yeah, some of that was kind of touching on some real because, like, like I told Agent Seven before uh, before the show, I was like, yeah, there when this the character's actor uh, was on the show, their their time on the show was rumored to be not great. Like there was some kind of butting heads and some stuff, or, or like right. that. kind of fraught. Yeah, so the fact that this person actually came back forward was a treat for different reasons for for you know for good times. Now, what ends up happening in this episode is interesting. Uh, kind of a bummer to me, but, you know, without going too much into that. But it was good to see the character, put it that way. And uh, it's definitely kind of bringing home the fact that, yeah, they are tying up a lot of loose ends. As uh, Agent 70 I was talking before the show. They're tying mm-hmm. up a lot of loose ends with the TNG crew. Um... I am curious as to how far they're going to go with that because there is some stuff from last season that that kind of came up at the end that I don't know that I assume is going to come up again. Right. 
but I don't know inc- that ex- that the uh, directly. Um. Oh, okay. That directly ties to one of the, uh, the, <laughs> I the characters. I love that. That is so funny. I'm sorry. We got a message uh, in our back channel uh, uh, form of communication just now that made me laugh because yeah. I have certain feelings about this uh, particular <laughs> issue. Yes, we'll we'll get to that in a moment, though. But yeah, so just to kind of wrap this up, though, um, the Star Trek card continues to be good. I'm kind of sorry that it comes out on the day that uh, um, that we record because there's so much I kind of want to say about it. Um, oh, and I guess the tying the last thing to tie back up into what uh, Agent Seventy was talking about with the Stranger Things reference, there is a character who's not feeling so well who's kind of going through something and they're at the center of this whole thing and the uh, center of the stranger things reference. Yes. Yep. Pretty much, pretty much. So. All right. So I think that's it for the genre shows. I will just say that the, uh, the season premiere of Ted Lasso came out this week and I enjoyed Uh-oh. it. So if you're into that, have fun. Go Richmond. Actually, uh, well, there's some news about this, but um, but, but we didn't. Neither one of us watched it. The Gotham Knights apparently uh, pilot also uh, came out this week. Wait, 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 wait. Say that. Say the title again. Gotham Knights, the show based off the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, folks. That's the, all I needed. Thank you. Yes, Thank I you. got you. Yes, the show that's based off of the video game that uh, it didn't come out too well, from what I understand, um, when it came out uh, earlier this year. The uh, the show is apparently out, and but is apparently full of Easter eggs. So for the beginning show, what they are, I don't know. But we got to we'll talk, we'll talk about that. Well, we'll at least hint around to it later. I actually don't have to now. Regardless, we're going to get into the books of the week uh, and I believe Alrighty. we're going to start thank you actually we're going to keep it on the Star Trek train because <laughs> as, I, as I pull up the covers uh, we're going to start off with Star Trek number 5 this issue is written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing with art by Ramon Rosanas and Eric Tamayo. Colors are by Lee Luffridge and letters are by Clayton Cowell. So just like every Star Trek story that catches you mid space battle, everyone is yelling out something on the bridge at the beginning of the issue. And we go from there. Oh, and yeah. I'll let Rocket Cat take it from there. Yeah, it is, it is a total Star Trek starting episode with, you know, into battle, things happen, people shouting out things about the, the, the matter of an under-citizen, and the core, this and that, and the other, and the shields dropping or raising and all the kind of good stuff. It all happens. So, you know, they, they got the Star Trek in the Star Trek book. Good on them. <laughs> Pretty um, much. With, with uh, I, I apologize, with, no, no. Uh, with uh, another surprise return. Um, this one wasn't. Wait, wait. I'm not sure who you're talking about now, because this wasn't the, the prodigal son. 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, which is also going into uh, a conversation that uh, Agent 70 and I had because of something uh, I've recently came across in the Star Trek online video game in relation to that character, actually, um, which is kind of interesting. But the the crux of this book is that you know, they're into battle, so it's uh it's the Theseus, which is uh Ben Cisco's uh crew, motley crew of made up of different uh generations of um of Star Trek folk. Um uh, up against a a Klingon vessel uh with a clone of their their of their dead leader and a god killer weapon. Weirdly enough, slightly similar in a fashion to the battle of uh, from Star Trek Picard, wherein, hey, the Starfleet ship is kind of outmatched in a way. Um, uh, um, but yeah, I, and other in and, and Star Trek five, uh, Star Trek uh, six, excuse me, and you know other you know, Star Trek tied moments, but nevertheless, we got that. But in the middle of this battle, we get uh, the budding of two heads. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you may know who I'm talking about. We also get, um, again, a wharf sighting because he was a part of this. Uh, he has been a part of this crew for the last few issues, but, um, spoiler alert, uh, as I'm going to talk about in a second, Worf has got his own mission, coming out of this book in relation to things we have talked about that we will not spoil, but kind of talked briefed about. So otherwise that it was a, it's a, it's a pretty good issue. It was kind of weird the way it kind of, um, I don't know it, the whole, the, the whole thing that kind of set up the next book that I'm going to talk about is kind of weird. Like you get it, but it's like, yeah, okay, that's that was a little rough trying to transition into that. But at the same time, they had to kind of pivot into Worf getting his own book, and mm. so they did here with the way they did it, uh, in the relation to the, the surprise, um, the surprise cameo. So, you know, like I said, the, I don't know. It felt kind of rough to me, but I kind of went along with it. Um, so I don't know if Engine 70 has anything else to say before going to the next book, the, the next later book. No? What's that? I said I was asking if you had anything to uh, say in passing as I, before I go into the next book. Oh, no, please go ahead. I got distracted by something. I uh, thought you had already. I thought you were still talking about uh, Defiant. No, I actually hadn't started yet. Uh, which oh, I'm about to do I right thought, that's why I thought you were about to start. So. Yeah, I'm about to. Um, so right ahead. See, I wasn't the only, I'm not the only one that gets to distract during the show. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it was not porn, folks. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't anything as good. Yeah. So we're gonna start. Talk, we're gonna talk next about. And uh, shout out to Benji Games too for coming. There. What's up? Uh, how you doing? For coming through. Thanks for coming through. But uh, we're going to start talking about the new Star Trek book, spinoff book uh, of the week, also starring uh, one Worf in Star Trek Defiant number one. And I'll just go ahead and give the uh, the uh, credits here. 
written by Christopher Cantwell, with art by Angel or Angel uh, Unzueta, uh, colors by Marissa Louise, and letters by Clayton Cowles, not with VC at this point, at this moment. So yeah, Cummings, you would definitely want to read Star Trek number five, although this book kind of goes into, at the very least, mentioning, you know, um, what happened there to get to this point, but I think you would probably be better served if you've read Star Trek five and you will see where the rough kind of, where, where it kind of came in. At. It's, it, it's still kind of weird that the, like I said, uh, because the, the fact that they, they kind of did it the way they did, but you kind of have to go through it. But in this case, Cisco is not the only one who gets his own crew. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the uh, cover of uh, Star Trek Defiant and uh, the majority of Worf's crew, or at least the major points of, of Worf's crew, including a spoiler, sadly. But <laughs> it was boring. Nice. Um, um, but yeah, Worf kind of in true Star Trek, well, in true, true Star Trek fashion, ends up back on his old ship. Um, and he, his crew is consisting of so far uh spock as an old spock um not kelvin timeline spock by the uh and also uh one ensign row who we um we haven't seen in a minute this this is an interesting week for 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 wharf and and folks like i said because of uh where he's showing up uh and also uh, to round it out, as we find out um, at the end of this book, uh, let's just say some relation to an uh, a TNG character uh, who looks and not necessarily acts like that exact same character. Uh, but there's a there's there's a, but there's a family resemblance there. Let's just say. Mm. Um, again, if you're watching the video version, you can kind of see who I'm talking about. Although this book kind of goes into like, okay, how do I get from here to there? Worf kind of go, is going through, uh, through that, uh, and going into the end where we see this, this character as a cliffhanger. But again, they're on the cover of the book. So it's kind of, you know, it is a spoiler, but not necessarily, so not necessarily a spoiler, I guess, because you would think they would have come in a certain way, but you still kind of wonder how and why. Um, that being said, it's a it's a nice kind of spin off, uh, coming off of the events of what's going on in the 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 regular Star Trek book. Um, I think it is only a five issue. Actually, I need to check that. Um, I believe it is only a, a five-issue uh, series. I'm going to check that now. See if I can uh, find that out real quick. And of course, it does not what say. What are we looking up? The uh, which one call it? The IDW yeah. start defiant, the Defiant series, right? And it's not showing on what I'm looking at, but let me look at comic books real quick. It doesn't say on comic list either. Yeah. So okay. So, but I, from what I'm understanding, I think this was um, this was made to be a mini series and not a, like an ongoing book. I mean, things like that can change, but I don't believe that's how they um, that that's how it was um, announced. 
So nevertheless, hey, if you're gonna if you like Star Trek and you want to you well, you probably want to be picking up the the regular book to get to this point because otherwise you'll be slightly lost on a couple of things. But uh, you know, if you like uh, Worf, aka Michael Dorn, is wanting to been wanting to get his own book or and or series, which is probably still never going to happen. This is probably the closest he's going to get, and he's not even writing it. So there you have it. Now we're going to push on to. Did we say Miles? No, but we could because that's one of the other books that we have in common. We don't have very many of this. Oh, that is true. You know what? Eh, no, let's save that one because we can we can reference okay. to that one. So Avengers Forever number 15 we'll go with. Sure. Avengers Forever number 15 is written by Jason Aaron with pencils by Aaron Cooter, inks by Mark Farmer, colors by Frank Martin, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So this is the ultimate issue of Avengers Forever and the penultimate issue of Jason Aaron's run on Avengers because there is an Omega issue coming after this that wraps up the Avengers, the multiversal Avengers Assemble story, basically. And... This issue is, I thought, well-paced. I thought that it was well put together. I thought that it did tie together a lot of the kind of disparate groups of characters, even though we know that they are all related to the core members of the Avengers. They're all like variant versions of those same Avengers. I thought that they, I thought that this issue really tied together the action and gave them each at least a little bit of a spotlight. It also goes to show that, uh, there is, um, at least a little bit of, uh, a common thread through many of the best, uh, Avengers runs because Avengers assemble means something, you know, those are not empty words. It's not just a battle cry. You know, it's why it's one of the only battle cries that people, even though they're just like, yeah, that's kind of corny. It's kind of not. So, you know, that's 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 what I left this issue with. So funny you should mention that, because on that point, that's partly kind of what got me annoyed about this book. Like, yes, you everything you said about it was right. It was like, but they kept kind of going like, I don't need this much explanation about those two words put together <laughs> but i agree with you about the pacing and everything it was just like okay we get it we get it i mm-hmm. get it i I like it because i i guess it's the counterpoint to the mcu only doing it once it's the counterpoint to the understated delivery that chris evans gave which was great sure but there is a part of me that wished it had been like a uh cried out loud a little more grandiose yeah yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I, I totally agree with you there. Um, yeah. So that was my take on it. You know, that's how I saw it. That's why I, I can see your point about mm-hmm. it being kind of, uh, you know, driven into the ground right. to a certain extent. But ultimately, I, I appreciate it for kind of the same reason. Right. Sure. You know, that they kind of pounded it into your head like, hey, this means something, you know. This yes. should mean something to you. This should mean something to every character and every per, every every uh, resident of the Marvel Universe is that when they hear it, they know it's about to go down. Right. Yeah. 
Agreed. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. This was also kind of weird because it also kind of made me uh, think that I missed something. I know I caught up with the, uh, all the whole thing because somebody pops up, a character pops up at the beginning of this. I'm like, wait, where did this character come from? <laughs> oh, into the last issue. I know, but still, even into then, the last I was like, Avengers where? Issue, that is. Right. Yeah. But even still, and I was like, wait, where is this? Where did these? They just popped out of nowhere. Like, what the hell? I'm like, all right. It's, it, it's, their, it, it's Aaron's version of the portals. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but he had already done that also in, in past a couple of past issues. But I'm talking about this one specific character. I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, even with all this other stuff going on, I was not expecting this character to just kind of come, come through. Like Roddy that. Cat was like, <laughs> that was Roddy Cat. Basically, now. also, the, but now I will say that there was a nice moment um, coming off of that into an interaction between the big bad Mephisto and another character who's basically had this moment. Dodge this. Yeah, right. So that was that was kind of fun. I was like, all right, I think I see where you got that from. I was out of that, you know. It was still a good read, and it, like I said, most of everything, uh, every, everything that Agent uh, Seventy said, I, I agree with. It's just that, like, here seeing the words like that so much, and it, they being explained like that, even though I appreciated it, and you know, it, and I appreciate the meaning behind it. I was like, all right, it got kind of annoying to me. Right. You know, it's funny that, the, the you know, it was a fine line that it did not cross for me, but crossed for Roddy Cat, right. where the word started to lose meaning, whereas for me, they maintained that meaning and were not empty. Because what you'd never want is that is for those two words to ring hollow, to right. be empty. Almost like they did at MCU. Well, you could barely hear them. In the That's what I'm saying. So they, could not, like, they could not ring hollow, nor could they be empty. <laughs> they they, they, they barely they rang at all. Right. Right. They said them once. So it's hard to argue that they were hollow and or empty. But, you know, it's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there are some things that, that, that get said over and over again. And I, I, I see Roddy Cat's point. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I at least in my opinion. It didn't hit that point, but you know, uh, mileage varies for everyone. Yeah, teach their own. So, that being said, we're coming down to it, and I'm this, so we only have the Omega issue coming up uh, to to cap this all off. And uh, yeah, I, we're here now, so I guess we finally get wherever the where, where to see whether this thing is going to stick the landing or not. Right, as we tend to say. And with that, we move on to, I guess, our last comic book. Uh, and actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and spin up, um, spin it up. Right, because we only have one more book in common, and we have some thoughts about it. So mm-hmm. we are going to go into rapid fire. I ain't got time to bleed. So our last book in common is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number four. Written by Cody Ziegler, with art by Federico Vicentini, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So, we catch uh, Miles still battling with... I, 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 I forgot this character's name. I know that uh, the character gave a code name last issue. Yes. Uh, Rabble. Rabble. Rabble? 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 Like... Yes. 
in South Park? Rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> well, Seriously, Ziggler? Well, I was thinking rabble, rabble, like rubble, rubble, like uh, McDonald's, but uh, not that you Yeah, but now that you hear it, right? Now that you hear it, you're like rabble, well, rabble, rabble, rabble. I didn't actually watch enough South Park to kind of catch that reference, to get that reference, but sure, I'll go with that. Oh, okay. My bad. No, well, no, in any event. Uh, yeah, I'm still struggling with the storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I, you know, I, I, I don't find the, the antagonist convincing. Uh, I think, you know, Ziegler means it to be so because as Roddy Cat will add, there are many points in the story where the characters question the antagonist motivation and why they're, you know, just why they're doing what they're doing. Right. And on top of that, uh, I also struggle with some of the modernization of what some of the characters say and how they act, uh, specifically Misty Knight. Yes. Uh, she should be a mentor, but I understand, and Roddy Cat will say why. I mean, you know, she, why she's, she's speaking. What she's speaking, and she still is a mentor. But yes, as 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 uh, Agent Seventy and I was talking before the show, and, and that was me actually joking because I don't know if this was seriously how. Uh, Ziggler was trying to play her, but she's trying to she's trying to relate to the youths, right? The youths, you know, she's trying to relate to the youths, and um, I think that uh, she could have used, you know, more of a, uh, you know, there's definitely the mentor mentee thing here. Uh, that's definitely uh, uh, the relationship that's being fostered <laughs> here, that's being portrayed here. Mm-hmm. I just feel like. Uh, that was that just seemed off. It just made the character sound wronged. Yeah, we've talked about it in the past where there are certain writers, and and we attribute this because these are young writers. I, I don't know if there's any other reason to say about that, and we we could just be you know kind of projecting that on on our own. But it, it's exactly. it's working. It's working so far. So we're not gonna not gonna stop doing it. I don't think in some soon. But you know, Cody Ziegler being kind of a youngish cat, you know, kind of injecting the youth speak. Uh, in, into into all the, most of their characters, uh, you know, it it hits when it hits and it and it misses when it doesn't. And I think the whole the, the whole missing night thing is kind of it's fun to see, but at the same time, it's kind of weird to see and a kind of annoying. Like we've I think we we've talked about it in the past with this book and you know certain other books like uh, I think whatever Spider Man book uh, Peter Parker Spider Man we talked about last week or something. Uh, right. But, but that right. being said, um, um, I think the only thing I was going to say is that, yeah, if there was just a slight tweak to the antagonist motivation, everything would be cool on that part or a lot more would be cool on that part. But given that the, they're still kind of going into the same motivations and it being questioned outright in the book just still doesn't make it that enjoyable of a read and make that character any better. So. Yep, yep, yep. All right, next up. Uh, let's see. What am I covering here? Uh, Berserker, number 12 of 12 from Boom Studios. It's written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kint. Uh, inks are by Ron Garney. Uh, colors by Bill Crabtree. And letters by Clem Robbins. So this is the finale to Berserker. And there are several twists this issue takes. Several twists this issue takes. And it's an interesting way to finish this series up. Very interesting. So you can see that the series definitely has some potential for adaptation into a movie and or television show. So 
uh, you can see where some of those adaptations may lay. You know, some of the the, the, the roots for the adaptation have been laid down. Uh, you know, whether or not it it's really worth seeing in a live action adaptation is another story. I found the story kind of empty, but I may have to reread it because, you know, there have been a couple of breaks in between uh, issues coming out. So I may have to read it all in one sitting to get the full picture of it. So next up is Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number 11. It's written by Tochi Onyibuchi with art by R.B. Silva, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite lettering Paisan. So, this is the finale to this uh, Mohanda story that has been in the pages of Symbol of Truth for a little while. And it has Sam Wilson, Captain America, taking on the OG White Wolf, not Bucky, not the Winter Soldier, as in the MCU, but the OG White Wolf. And things kind of go the way you expect unless you remember that Sam Wilson still is not as combat capable or combat ready as some of as Steve Rogers, frankly, and some of Steve Rogers's uh, equal level combatants, you know, or betters in cases. Right. And well, I mean, if you think about like everything from overpower to role playing to, you know, like if you look at their fighting ratings, Captain America has a certain level of peers, you know, has certain characters that are peers. Sam Wilson's not on that level. And it seems like they are pushing him into that level without showing any sort of evolution on the character's part. The MCU is doing an excellent job of showing that Sam Wilson is still working towards that level. Whether he gets there is a good question, but he's still working at it. Whereas here we find that, you know, this version of Sam Wilson is already there apparently. And it's all about showing us that he's there. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of that, but you know, your mileage will vary on this. Roddy Cat uh, has not read this, so I'm not spoiling too much here. But when he reads it, he'll realize he'll he'll definitely recognize what I mean. Next up is Captain Marvel number 47. It's written by Kelly Thompson with art by Sergio Davila, uh, inks by Sean Parsons. I've got uh, I was in a hurry doing this, folks, so I see typos in my notes. Inks by Sean Parsons and Roberto Poggi. Colors by Arif Prianto and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Now, surprise, surprise, this actually comes in as a candidate for Click of the Week. And I've been a fan of Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel for a while because I like the way she's writing it. And I like that Carol is, as one of the most powerful heroes in the Marvel Universe, still is filled with doubt. You know, we have a lot of uh you know without thought balloons we have a lot of like inner monologue and inner narration going on and i really enjoy reading that and some of the character interactions in here were spot on and nice developments for some other characters were written onto the page namely for rogue and hazmat and i like that hazmat is developing in in, in the pages of captain marvel as a supporting character it's pretty cool so this is 
continuing that whole brood story and uh captain marvel and the x-men are about to cross over very soon okay next up is hulk number 13 so yeah surprise folks i jumped back on the hulk uh book this week just to see where they are because i know that they are wrapping things up this issue is both written and penciled by ryan otley with inks by cliff rathburn colors by marta gracia and letters by vcs Corey petit yeah, folks, this this run of Hulk is coming to an end. We find out, you know, some of what happened as to how the Hulk, you know, made himself a, a green spaceship. We find out probably who's behind the Hulk and behind the Hulk kind of losing things in the most recent, like, couple of story arcs. We find out uh i guess how this is different from other times that the hulk has kind of lost it and who's behind this new manifestation uh of a hulk personality so we think there are answers in this issue but we will see what happens i believe 14 maybe 15 might be the final issue i don't know i don't think there's much left of the hulk question is he so? Is is Otley just finishing up what Kate's kind of did, or I think it's a mix. Uh, okay, I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix. I think <clears throat> he's 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 definitely wrapping it up, but I, I, um, my guess is that he's probably putting at least a little bit of a twist on it. Hmm. He might have been like co-plotting it at this point, you know, like at some point. So uh, my guess is that he probably had some store some influence on the story as it was being developed. Gotcha. So I don't. I wouldn't say that he's just finishing it up, but he's definitely continuing in that same strain and probably putting his own finishing touches on it. Okay, gotcha. Last but not least is Immoral X Men number two. With uh, it's written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Andrea Devito, colors by Jim Caralampidis. Gotta love the Greek name. Shout out to the Greek brothers and sisters, not the fraternities, but the actual Greek people. And letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So, oh, shout out to the sororities too. You know, I don't, you know, I don't mean to leave you out, but in this, I actually am. Um, as I said earlier in talking about Star Wars, Immoral X-Men, this issue uh, really does, you know, talk about that whole chimera thing about what Sinister was ended up doing and what had been foretold in the pages of Hawks and Pox. So, um, if you need to find out what this whole sins of Sinister book is, is doing, I think this is the book you have to read. I don't know if you have to, I, I didn't read that Nightcrawler's book. Was it Nightcrawler's that, that was out last week? Yes. I did not read that. I don't know if I needed to. Uh, in, in relation to go, what's going like on overall, it, it touches on it, but it kind of was doing its own thing. So now you it's didn't skirting. necessarily have It's to. skirting it. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, so I stand by what I said. Uh, if you want to read like the essential reading of Sins of Sinister, stick with Immoral X-Men. It wasn't bad. It's actually a candidate for Click of the Week. Yeah, I need to check it out. I forgot to do it. All right, then. 
Then we get to my books, which we start off with new number one for the week. Uh, Hellcat number one, written by Christopher Cantwell, uh, with art by Alex Lenz, color artist KJ Diaz, and letters by VCs Ariana Mar. And every time I say her name, I want to sing something, but I won't do it. So, um, so yeah, Patsy Walker got a new got a new book. I I need to also check. I should have checked. No, this is I think this is ongoing actually. Um, I will I will check that. But nevertheless, this is continuing from what was brought up in the Iron Man annual from last year in which um you know we find Patsy uh in a new place she's not with uh not with Tony um she's kind of in her old family house uh, as it were in the uh coming out of that into this uh but she also finds herself dealing with some past issues uh and some present issues in the form of a murder rap uh, for what reasons she will have to find out. And near the end of this book, she kinds of finds an ally whom I haven't seen in a couple of decades. And I never read them when they, when they were around. Now that I think about it, um, in the form of one sleepwalker who, uh, who is, uh, apparently, uh, going to play a part of this book in one, maybe two ways um, with what they're setting up. So otherwise, otherwise, you know, um, it was, Oh, come to find out in this issue, she may have picked up some bad habits from Tony also, but you know, you could, you know, check that out as as your leisure. Yes. I'm blaming Tony because if you read what's going on with her, you'll understand. Patsy Walker also, you know, um, not the first time where she's kind of gotten some bad stuff and, and as is mentioned here also. So, um, the Cantwell's kind of taking her in a, in a slightly similar trip than she took Tony, but I guess it makes sense given that, uh, she was written into his book. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, and as far as, Yes. Okay. So this is one of five. I had to make sure to, to check that out. So this is only a five issue book. Uh, next up is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good gracious. Darkwing Duck number three. I'll just put this one up right here for the second. Uh, script by Amanda Daybert with art by Carlo Laro and letters by Jeff Jeff Eckleberry. It's not typo there, but it's fine. Um, so someone is kidnapping gardeners, but there is no Darkwing Duck uh, to be on the case. Why? Because Drake Mallard said Darkwing no more. He did everything but pretty much throw the suit in the trash can. And... Um, because of because he wants to because of things that happened last issue and he wants to raise his little one Goslin and settle down with his boo thing which I don't remember if this was a thing in the show, um, in the form of Morgana, uh, 
but uh, of course, shenanigans happens, and uh, Drake may or may not be using a gun. Who I also forgot that he was some sort of inventor in the show, but um, using a gun that could be, uh, if it was for the fact that there's not an actual pack, could be mistaken for a certain tool that uh, a certain set of Ghostbusters would uh, would likely use. Because you kind of see some of the telltale signs of that of that device, except for the pack. So I was like, hmm, that's almost actionable, but they did, but they didn't go that far with it. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, Darkwing Duck continues to be a, a, a fun read. And uh, all the while, like I said, I assume he's going to be back in action fairly soon for a reason, as um, the uh, the bad guy kind of shows their hand at the end of this uh, issue. For reasons. Next up is Avengers War Across Time, <clears throat> uh, number three of I believe five. It's written by Paul Levitz with art by Alan Davis, colors by Rachel Rosenberg, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So, this is a book that supposed was supposed to be the original Avengers, uh, and that is including Captain America going up against Kang, and so far they have fought machinations of Kang, just not Kang himself. Uh, in the last couple of issues, especially Kang had nothing to do with anything going on uh, with things because apparently the Avengers thinking themselves to go on the offense decided to go and um, raid the Baxter building for a piece of equipment so that they could try to find, uh, you know, find and take the fight to Kang, but end up uh, unleashing, unwittingly unleashing, um, uh, someone else that Thor is very familiar with. And that's pretty much who they've been fighting in the last, uh, last couple of issues. Um, excuse me. And including this issue because, or last issue in this issue, excuse me, including some old foes that was introduced originally, uh, um, a few issues ahead of this in this unknown time period, because this is pretty much being set after the events of Avengers number 11, from back in 1969 and um, a, a, a set of adversaries that was introduced in issue five kind of come back into play. Thanks to, uh, thanks to this uh, other person that comes through again, very little Kang to be had until later on in this issue, which he does actually shows up surprise, surprise, um, uh, which was, which was kind of funny. I'm like, are this, this whole thing's supposed to be about Kang, and there was no Kang, but Kang actually does show up, so they, they fit the bill there. Um, we also see a, a fun little number with, I don't know, I think Agent 70 would probably be possibly annoyed at, or might think it's fun. I don't know. In the fact that um, there's a surfing Captain America. Oh, God. <laughs> Which I, I, I saw, I was like, um... Okay, sure. That that's the thing that happened. I don't know if Agent Seventy plans on reading this book, but I know he hadn't been. So, uh, but and the only other thing that was kind of annoying to me is like this is set in a, a particular time period to where like it was the original Avengers and Janet Van Dyne or or yes, Janet Van Dyne was a little bit more flirty and flighty at this time, and they are really playing that part up a little too much uh, in this book for me. I'm sitting here like you 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 don't have to be you don't have to do that. You really don't. We get it. So, but that's that. Um, they got two more issues to get back to the whole Kang thing, whether they will or not, we'll see. 
Uh, and the actually wait, that is the last book for me. So I thought I had another book, but I didn't get a chance to read the book that I was going to read. So clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Uh, yeah. We have a full roster of clicks this week. We actually do. And as I scroll down to get them, there we go. We got Dirt's click of Star Trek. I almost said it. Star Trek number five. Um, and he says, Oh, Oh, I, you know what? I asked him a question and I didn't, I didn't read the rest of his uh, thing. So I, if I had read that, I didn't, I wouldn't have asked that question. But anyway, he basically says, uh, Star Trek five is his, is his, is his click. And that he had only read that in Defiance number one. But he says, anytime Cisco says, get the hell off my ship, I got to go with that. And I'm kind of inclined to, to agree with him on that. You know, I, I know both of us have our love of Star Trek and DS9 uh, with that. So um, the rest of that is not germane to that. He also makes a reference to my Defiant was great, but uh, he gives the, the not Star Trek number five because it's like Defiant was peanut butter. But Star Trek Five was like peanut butter with chocolate, right? And that got me in the mood for Reese's peanut butter cups. Same, and like I said, I had I'd already said, like, dang, I had eaten my last one a couple of days ago. I'm mad about that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I worked from home today. You know, you know, the, the the Reese's peanut butter chocolate cups are just a little too far away. Whereas at the office, they're right across the street. I say you're not. Well, I guess you're still a little out of the way for for any kind of bodega. Yeah, it's just, you know, not across the street. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Um, as I put up another a couple of variant covers for Star Trek Defiant, uh, we'll talk about uh, Tim's click, which is, surprisingly enough, given about, well, I mean, surprisingly enough, but to each his own, Captain America's symbol of truth number 11. Exactly, exactly. You know, mileage varies for everyone here on the panel of the Comic Book Chronicles. So, you know, what what, what Tim uh, is fond of, I may not be, and vice versa. <laughs> Which we can get into the meat of that at some 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 other time because I can give you the psychology. I, I can give you p- potential psychologies here, but we don't. We're not going to do that, right? Um. So, do you have yours? I have candidates. Okay. I am definitely looking at Captain Marvel number 47, mm-hmm. Immortal, X-Men, Immortal X-Men number two, and possibly Star Trek number five. I'm not as big of a Trek fan as PCN underscore Dirt and Roddy Cat, but I do appreciate some of the things that go on in that book. I just I, I think there are a lot of Easter eggs that I miss out on because I'm just not as familiar with the lore. So I think I think I'm going to surprise everyone, although it's not that big a surprise. It's not the first time I've picked it. I'm going to go with Captain Marvel number 47. Yes, I have. I definitely have seen uh, you, you pick this book a couple of times. Yeah, because there's there's definitely there. There's definitely lots of classic superhero action. You know, you throw Captain Marvel together with. Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, and Hazmat with the X Men, and you have a classic X Men villain like the Brood, who has a connection, you know, who have a connection to uh, Carol Danvers anyway. Right. So, 
you know, it's all very much, you know, just really well done with, you know, the new modern twist of, you know, kind of getting into, you know, Carol's head a little bit. Is that actual? <laughs> well, I mean, into her thought process and, right. you know, like where how she processes what's going on. Right, because this, uh, this cover kind of suggests a thing, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't doesn't necessarily go that way. Oh, I have to look at the cover again. Yeah. Also, I'm yep. I'm noticing that um, Rogue and Gambit are on the cover of this thing, and I'm, I, as far as I remember. Oh Carol, yeah, that's kind of, that that that's kind of the case. Gotcha. Okay. It's not literally that, but it's kind <clears> of. The case. Gotcha. I I I was I know Rogue and um, Carol kind of hashed out their their long-standing yeah. issues with each other <laughs> yeah they did they did yeah but i was like but um i was kind of wondering if any of that kind of came up in in that book no i think they hashed out a, like a year like a like a year or two ago in I the pages so. of something right captain marvel i think oh okay i don't yeah i know it might have been an x book x book but i don't i don't remember either because again we read a yeah. whole lot of stuff and it, things start to blend together after a while so but yeah, I remember. I feel like I remember them, them hashing it out, but I don't just don't remember when. But it always comes up when I see them two in, in sharing the, the same spot. So, anywho, for myself, I think it's definitely between Star Trek Five, possibly Dark Queen Duck, and maybe Hellcat. Uh, Defiant was interesting. Star Trek Defiant was actually kind of interesting. But again, like I said earlier, the way they kind of broke that book off from Star Trek, uh, from Star Trek Five, was still kind of weird and kind of rough. Um, but I get it for the for the for the for the um, for the reasons for the story. But um, I don't know. It's just like the the whole thing with two couple of characters, you know, a, a couple of characters kind of go through was. Yeah, like I said, kind of weird and rough. But like I said, they had to spin it off some kind of way, and sometimes, you know, it gets that way. So I think I'm actually probably, now that I'm thinking about it, Star Trek number five is probably the, the strongest one I've read this week. So I'm going to go ahead and go with that. And while I boop, give a thing to that, Star Trek number five, my click. And so we can move on to uh, the news section. But first... An ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to toronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Hi, 
have still yet to try an orange rind. I don't even know if that's a, a thing as much as it was back when that uh, ad was first made. <laughs> but uh, anyway, cinematic news, folks. Um, I don't know if anyone was watching that Willow show on Disney Plus, but um, it appears maybe not because it has been canceled after one season. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's really not much to say. So that, although this article kind of goes into their own impressions of it, but we're definitely not talking about that. So yeah, there were a lot of people that were not happy with that ad with that continuing story that they told. Right. Some would argue it was not necessary. Yep. I would be one of those people, but you know, yep. I mean, I, I, I stopped watching it, so I didn't oh. really care for it, but I was never that big a fan of the OG Willow anyways. So. Right. I didn't know you was watching it at all. I know there was one character in there. I watched it. I tried watching it. Right. You know, I gave it a shot. There's one character I want to see because I like the person that that are playing it because we've seen them in um, in other things. Um, but yeah. Oh, actually, that reminds me of a, a character that uh, shows up showed up on um, the Mandalorian, who we've just seen in a major motion, mo- uh, Marvel motion picture. But I, did, I, I almost didn't recognize him because the hair was, was different. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's her. That's cool. Hey, anyway. Roddy, did you notice that you entered your books on the sheet in Tim's spot? I did not. And I'm not surprised that that would have happened. It's, <laughs> it has happened before. Because <laughs> I'm looking at it like, wait, Tim didn't give us that many books this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tim didn't give us any books anyway, this week except for the one. I, but, wanted you know. to, I know exactly. Well, that's what I mean. He gave us one book. Uh, all right. Next up, the new Flintstones, uh, as Roddy Cat like forced the uh, the sheet to like reload just now. Um, the new Flintstones animated series Bedrock announces a voice cast led by Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks. I did not know there was a new Bedrock animated series or well, fox is producing a new flintstones animated series titled bedrock and the voice cast has been announced elizabeth banks who has produced the series will lead the voice cast as pebbles the adult daughter of fred and wilma she will be joined by steven root as fred amy sedaris as wilma or nicole byer as betty joe latrulio or Lotru- yeah latrulio as barney and Manny Jacinto as Bam Bam. Okay, Manny Jacinto. I, I, I've heard that name before, but I can't say that I know who that is. From uh, The Good Place. Okay. Oh, 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 that dude. Okay. I know. Now I know. <laughs> no, I'm looking at him now. Okay. I, didn't, I Now I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to finish that, actually. Um, I enjoyed that show. So, I thought... Um, I'm looking at something. Nope, that's a different Elizabeth. Okay, never mind. I was thinking that Elizabeth Banks was in the um, the the Flintstone movies, but she was not. That was a different uh, Elizabeth. So, um, sure. I mean, there's been Pebbles and Bam Bam related shows, uh, animated shows back in the day where where they were teens. You know, it, you would have to be of a certain vintage, vintage to, to remember that. But hey, I'm just like a Fox produced Flintstones show with some pretty good, you know, casting. But I still kind of what in the world is that show going to be? You know, it, it's the Fox Fox part of that. because It's got me a little bit leery. 
Also, who's who's checking for um <laughs> who's checking for the Flintstones these days? Mm. So, but hey, that's well, you know, yeah, I was gonna say they're 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 refurbishing the story by putting you know by by growing the eight characters up. So. <clears throat> yeah. Well, again, like I said, it's not not the first time that that's happened. So yeah. Interesting pick for Betty. I, said, I was like, yeah, once I, once I saw that she was being doing Betty, which I just found out that uh, Grand Crew is back on the air. So, um, interesting pick. In who's... Uh-oh. So, yeah, I mentioned Gotham Knights earlier in the show, uh, and apparently the, the pilot uh, came out this week, and there's a bunch of Easter eggs and references in the show that if you care to read about in this article that I have in the show notes, you can do so but I will not go through them next bat in the sun productions and bascule productions limited have set a North American theatrical release for the late power Rangers star, Jason David Frank's final film legend of the white dragon. So the release will coincide with what would have been the 50th birthday of the actor who tragically died of suicide in November of 2022 at age 49. So it will be released exclusively in theaters across the top 25 markets this fall. Okay. Yeah. And apparently... <laughs> okay, that's weird. Anyway. Uh, we're going to go into the anime corner. From the So, uh, this bit of news came out, I believe, uh, while we were recording last week, because we recorded on a Friday, and I kind of wish we had gotten it out of the way then. But nevertheless, the Anime Awards for uh, Crunchyroll's Anime Awards for 2023 um, winners have been announced, and they are all in this article here, of which I had not had the time uh, at the time, or now to think about it now, go, to go through. Um... But I'm just going to peek and see what the anime of the year is and the nominees, some of which you know and some of which you have talk, heard of talk about. Some would argue, if you're watching the video version, uh, you'll, you'll, you can see it, but um, that one or two of those shows got robbed. <laughs> Wait, anime of the year is what? Yes. So that that's, so Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I heard a lot of people actually like that show, though. It's uh, a Netflix uh, anime show. Based off of Cyberpunk, the video game. Well, based in the world of Cyberpunk's video game. Okay. Or, and or the, the tabletop game, I guess you could kind of put that in there. But but yeah, like I said, the the, the uh, anime of the year nominees were, were Demon Slayer, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, Edge, Attack on Ki- Titan, uh, Chorus Recall, Rank of the Kings, Core 2, and Spy Family, which, again, I say a couple of those... <laughs> I feel like there was a robbery in place, but again, I know there was a. Uh, I know enough people who actually watched that Edge Runner show and liked it, so uh, I hear good things about it. But I have never watched it myself. Like I said, I'm not going to go through this whole whole um, thing. Also, best original uh, anime got robbed because I. But that's a personal thing because I happen to like one on this list. All right. Um, well, shout out to. I was about to say shout out to best animation because <coughs> of what I'm saying about. Uh, the presentation of the Entertainment District arc in the movie theater. 
Well, just in general, because I mean, yeah, because yeah, I was look, just looking at that. Um, I mean, Demon Slayer's art in just in general, whether off of big screen or not, is just fantastic. You mm-hmm. know, so I the best opening to... sequence. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish the finish your thought. No, I was about to say. So it was well deserved for that. I think probably best yeah. anime might have. I mean, again, that's biased because of based on based on likes. I recognize that. So what were you sure, going to say? Sure. No, best anime opening sequence, rumbling from Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. And best ending sequence was a comedy by uh, from uh, Spy Family, which I think was, was it? Wait, was that? The first part? I think it was. I do, if it's the one I'm thinking about, it, I, I do like that one. It's, it's, it was, it's, it's kind of fun. No, it's good. It's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. uh, but the, the overall score goes to Attack on Titan, of course. <laughs> Spy Family did the get best, best new anime yeah, series. What's that? Uh, oh, Spy best Family did series, get that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Best anime song, Rumbling, like I said. <laughs> uh, um, best anime character. Oh, this is silly. Eren Yeager. Uh, I, okay, I'm sure. Mm, I guess. Best supporting, best must protect at all costs anime character. Wait. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you you kind of expect that, sure. I'm like, wait, let's see who's in the r- running. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised. Boy. So Kataro lives a- alone. I know a lot of people were like, protect this kid at all costs. It's basically a four year old kid living in an apartment building by himself. So, like, I'm surprised that one didn't win. Uh, Demon Slayer won for best anime action anime. Of course, Spy Family for for best comedy. And Attack on Titan for best drama anime. And mm-hmm. Demon Slayer, let's just say Demon Slayer and uh, Attack on Titan did pretty well. Yep. yep I think yep, it, yep, it's yep. safe to say that. Jujutsu Kaisen actually won for the for the prequel film, which I still have yet to see. Really? You should watch <clears> yeah. it. Yeah, I know it's out there. I just, I don't know. Just, um, so I need to catch up on some stuff. And for you yeah, One Piece fans. On, I was about to say it is on uh, Crunchyroll now. Right. Yeah, I know. Like I said, I, I got it queued up. I just hadn't hadn't checked it out yet. For you One Piece fans, uh, it and I know y'all are probably were tanking the votes. In, I mean, not tanking the votes, but y'all were probably stuffing the ballot stuffing for that one. Ballot box, mm-hmm. yeah. Best continuing anime series. Come on, that joke has been going on for like fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, half these shows had half these shows in that in that uh, category hadn't even been around. Okay, maybe JoJo's, um, n- anywhere near that long as a uh, one piece so that's just that's whatever but yeah like i said the rest of the um the the, the rest of the categories and the winners are out there um for your perusal so check that out as your leisure as i scroll by them real fast next up all right uh let's see spy x family season one blu-ray has been announced so uh we're getting a second season and a feature-length film coming up, uh, but we are going to get a Blu-ray set collecting the complete first season, uh, and it's going to arrive this year. Okay, that's interesting. Any pricing in this article? Um, I'm actually looking for that. Uh, I do not see a price. All right, just out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't see it either. Yeah, likely probably upwards of 30 
tw- uh, between 25 and 30, I guess. Uh, that's actually being <laughs> that's actually being generous because sometimes they all they'll bop that price up. Uh, but when you move over to the uh, manga corner, it's a kind of a bridge and say that hey, Barnes and Nobles is launching uh, has launched a huge anime and manga sale. Uh, that is going on right now. If you are so interested, you can buy it's a buy one, get one free uh, going on from the 13th to March the 27th. So have at it. <laughs> um, admittedly, the last time I went into the uh, Bonds and Nobles was going into the um, anime, the double skim at the manga section. So I would really. Not, mm-hmm. And granted, it's been a while since I've been in a Bonds and Noble. Um, but yeah, the last time I went in, I was like, Hey, let me see what they got on there. And this was probably a few years ago because I used to go to books a million. Even in the closest thing we got to that is, a, a, a um, well, actually shoot the Barnes and Noble's close around here too. Now that I think about it, but the books of me is too far away and we got a, and there's a second and Charles down the street. So slightly yeah. bummed, even though now, books now is about the same place. Go see, I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, now I'm tempted to go see if the collected edition of attack on Titan is on sale. And, uh, Barnes and Noble. Yeah, at you a can discount. Out, That's pretty cool. Yeah, you can. It says you can go to the site uh, for the buy one get one free, and it says you can also go to the store. Uh, right through March twenty sixth. Right, right, right. So that means I've got two more weekends, and you know, after work, uh, mm-hmm. to hit up Barnes and Noble and check out whether or not it's time to go pick that up. Uh, you know, finally. Yeah. And again, if I if I didn't mention it's buy one get one fifty percent off, not buy one get one free. Like no, there's a couple of discounted ones too. Right. So we'll see how discounted uh, it is. Right. But that's the main thing that that this, that this article is uh, putting in here. So I mean, it's not bad. I, I would prefer buy one get one free, but you can't do that. Well, you you won't see that too much in these days anymore. Right. 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 Anyway, next up. All right, next up, just a moment, folks, because, of course, I went to go look up that uh, that sale. Jujutsu Kaisen Cliffhanger teases Sukuna's biggest fight yet. So this is for the manga. So I'm not going to go too deep into this because both Rodicat and myself are uh, watching the anime. So the manga is obviously much further along in the story. So uh, if you are keeping up with the manga, guess what? There's some important stuff going on for uh sakuna's biggest fight yep. yet that is right and now we squarely get into the comic book news okay. although it's not much because i didn't pull a lot uh dc reveals first look at dc pride 2023 specials and variant covers um so yeah the at the center of the initiative will be dc pride 2023 number one which is dc's annual anthology with all new stories spotlighting lgbtqaia plus fan favorites uh which will be published on may 30th uh it will be 104 page prestige format and will feature an uh, introduction by phil jimenez main cover by mateus manhani manhanani excuse me Mahanini, my apologies, and an open to order variant covers by Gabriel Piccolo, Jen Bartel, and Oscar uh, Vega. And uh, yeah, and it also shows the creative teams of uh, of stories 
uh, in DC Pride 2023, but I won't go through all of them, even though it's not that much. Uh, because... Oh, wait. So, yeah. Okay. So, there is also going to be a DC Pride through the years, an 80-page uh, giant reprinting select landmark issues for LGBTQ plus characters. Uh, this will include reprints of The Flash number 53, in which Pied Piper came out as gay to his friend. Uh, the Flash, Batwoman on the Showcase in Detective Comics 854, and Lee Serrano's introduction in Supergirl number 19. Um, additionally, it will feature a new story from Tim Sheridan and, and C.N. Tormey concerning Alan Scott's future in the DCU. Then there's going to be on May 16th, uh, DC Book of Pride, which is a hardcover featuring over 50 LGBTQIA characters uh, from the DC universe. It will be written by Galaxy the Prettiest Star and Heart Girl writer Jetzia Axelrod. Shout out to the name Jetzia. I would say there's a, there's a DX9 fam in their family, but I don't know if that's actually where it came from. Uh, yeah, with, right? a co- with a cover by Paulina Ganonchao. And let's see, there's a number of various covers uh, that are going to be uh, coming out for various books. And that's pretty much that. So, yeah, check that out starting in May. Next up. Cool. Oh, yeah. I see the Attack on Titan stuff on sale. Buy one, get one fifty. Agent 70 has uh, squarely not, uh, has checked out. <laughs> in, in favor of looking for book deals uh dc webtoon comics featuring batman vixen and zatanna get print releases so these are originally stories uh, released as webtoon comics uh back in september of 2021 and now they are coming to print so they uh, be on the lookout they are going to come out uh over the course of this year uh, as collected editions, and uh, all three are priced at fourteen ninety nine each. The Batman uh, Family Adventures, Wayne Family Adventures comes out uh, goes on sale in August, August first. Vixen NYC Volume One sees a release date of August fifteenth, and Zatanna and the Ripper uh, debuts October third. Yeah. Um, as, as I pull up that Barnes and Noble page, not a sponsor, just saying. Uh, Marvel's newest Spider Hero has amazing and yet very different powers. So this is spoilers for Deadly Neighborhood Spider Man, which neither one of us has read. Um, and it seems as though, oh yeah, speaking of taboo from the Black Eyed Peas, he's writing his book or co-writing his book. So that's funny. Uh, so there's a battle between, um, Spider-Man and his nightmarish doppelganger, um, and comes to find out that, um, I don't know, somebody's worlds get shaken up by this. I don't know. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not reading this book, so I don't know who this character is, but regardless, hey, if you are, you can go check it out for yourself. Next up. All righty. Doctor Strange is back from the dead in a preview of the new Marvel series. We had talked about this earlier uh, in previous shows that the next volume of Doctor Strange is coming out very soon. 
And it is going to be written by Jed McKay, with art by Pascal Ferry, colors by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Um, so this issue, this article has a preview of it, and um, it's written by our. The preview is written by this preview article is written by Timothy Adams, our very own at Tim Dog ninety eight. Yeah. Marvel teases the Omni uh, Avengers, which I guess I probably should have taken out of the lineup because this is basically spoilers for Avengers fifteen, uh, Avengers Forever fifteen, um, which we talked about earlier. So, which now that I think about it, re- looking at this, I don't remember that term even actually coming up. But then again, that could have been a failure for me and not uh, anything else. But I'm not going to read this article. Next up. Yeah, I honestly didn't see that term, so right. maybe we're going to, you know, see that in the finale. Mm-hmm. All right, Comicsology Alternative Global Comics partners with Image Boom and more. Okay, so for people who are bemoaning the essential demise, although you know it's not yet dead, but it's close of Comicsology Global Comics partner. Global Comics is an alternative, and uh, it's promoting digital reading and distribution, and as I said, is now partnered with Image, Boom, and more publishers. Good for them. Also including Archie and more. Yeah, we, we need a good uh, alternative. Hopefully it, it pans out. And I know there's been a, a couple that kind of popped up, but they're, they're still doesn't really hit the, the mark that you would want. Right. Uh, AKA hit the big two. Also, get the big two on board. No, but the big two have their own app, so they have no incentive to be on an alternative app. Some would argue that about some of these other uh, companies also who have also had their uh, uh, own apps. But, you know, it, yeah. I mean, granted, there is a difference, uh, marginally a difference. But, yeah, I know, but they're still on Comixology, which you you know the reason why that is. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, but like I said, it, it would still be nice. That's I think that's what I think. There's a good cropping of people who would want that in relation, in, in addition to some of this stuff here. Uh, by the way, the, apparently there's some Miyazaki stuff that's on this um, <laughs> this this, uh, this uh, Barnes and Noble sale. So if you're interested in that, but Marvel Legends Hyperion and Doctor Spectrum Squadron Supreme two pack is up for pre order. Eight to seventy. What do you think? If I were still like dead set on building like certain teams, mm-hmm. I would get these. You know, like uh, you know, have a squadron supreme because it seems like they are at least looking to start putting together, you know, a semblance of the OG squadron supreme. We already have a Nighthawk. Um, the the Marvel like the the mainstream Marvel Nighthawk, the Defenders Nighthawk. So that means the squadron Nighthawk cannot be far behind. Yeah. True that. So in this two pack uh, is a six inch scale Hyperion and Doctor Spectrum figures with a deco that comes straight from the comics. Uh, if you watch yeah. the video version, you can see that for yourself. Yeah, they needed to redo Hyperion, so that's good. The, you know, yeah. the, the this version is better than the first one. Uh, the set will also include seven accessories, including Doctor Spectrum's power prism and blast effects. Um, and the sets will be priced at uh, $49.99. $49.99, which is, you know, pretty much reflective of the uh, new price point of individual. Yeah. 
questions. Yeah, basically. Um, oh, I know there was a story that I meant to put in here um, related to some Oscar folks, but uh, I totally forgot to put it in there. But we talked about it already. Nevertheless, uh, next up. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. I pulled up the wrong story. Okay. As Modi's March releases include Star Wars deck building game, My Hero Academia, Marvel, and more. I'm sorry. No, I had I had skipped ahead to a, a <laughs> story and I closed out the tab that had this Asmodi story in it. So uh, let's see here. Uh, there are two. Yeah, those are two of the biggest releases for the card game company. Um Star Wars, a deck building game, and My Hero. Uh, they also have Marvel Crisis Protocol and Star Wars Legion, and they hit later this month. Yeah, I think the Star Wars one I had seen something about in passing. And I'm like, okay, interest is there, obviously. Um, my Hero one figure was going to come at some point <laughs> from somewhere, so I'm not surprised. I think that Marvel Crisis Core might have been around, and these are just like add ons. Too. right but yeah no no these are all add-ons like this the my hero game is like series four because i remember when that was introduced at right. like two comic cons ago right i remember walking through seeing the my hero academia game being promoted and then i think this last comic con they had boosters out already but i think you know star- like, like like expansions that is right but i think the star wars is new i feel like this company has done a version of Star Wars deck building. I think I have one. Or that might be okay. the old version. So I know this might be something new and different, but I'm not entirely sure how to look into that. Um, but regardless, there you go, folks. Next up, uh, what Agent 70 was uh, talking about, uh, I assume. New Indiana Jones Avengers series, uh, Adventure Series action figures revealed. So, folks, it's Indy in the map room, in his map room garb. Uh, mm-hmm. Complete with Spick Stick. <laughs> right and so given oh, oh go ahead finish your thought i, had I was no about to say uh and the second figure is uh kazim from uh, indiana jones front and the last uh crusade with a gun what were you gonna right. say uh, i was about to say given uh the awards won by ki hui kwan and the recent reemergence of his uh of him on the on the hollywood stage a short round action figure cannot be far behind. Cannot one, be far behind. One would hope. One would hope. And congratulations to the cast of Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is borderline a genre movie. You know, it's not a borderline. It's, it is a genre movie. Yeah, it's it's just not something that we covered here that closely on the Comic Book Chronicles. But shout out to the Daniels. Shout out to the cast. And congratulations on <clears> all <throat> of your big wins, especially to Michelle Yeoh, Ki <laughs> Hui Kwan, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Indeed. It was it was definitely a big night for them, for sure, for sure. Um, but last but not least. This is you. Oh, it is. Hot Toys reveals Wrecker and Tech action figures from Star Wars The Bad Batch. Hot Toys revealed these figures, and uh, you know, they are great characters. This is the one six scale. But Hot Toys is going to go to Hot Toys. And you know what I mean by that? It's going to be expensive. 
It's going to be super detailed. It's going to be super cool, but it's going to be expensive. So is there a price here in this? It, there has to be. I just have to keep scrolling through all of the pretty pictures of these really, uh, uh, really cool figures. No, I don't see one. Yeah. Well, but like guess you said, Hot Toys is Hot Toys is definitely going to Hot Toys. Oh yeah, totally. It's going to be uh pricey. Also, and this is not a surprise in the least, but no Omega figure, which is kind of sad, but not unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So Got apparently it. they ha- so 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 they do have all five of the OG Bad Batch, right? Mm, yes. Gotcha, yeah, because Crossfire, not Crosshair. Cross- not Crossfire, Crosshair no, isn't right. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the only ones they're showing here uh, in, in at any length are Wrecker and Tech. But they do have, uh, but, uh, you can definitely see. Uh, yeah, so, so you have, um, whatchamacallit, you have um, Bandana, I mean, um, uh, Hunter. Hunter, and um, is, is that supposed to be uh, Echo? I'm yeah, that's going to assume so, yes. Yeah, with the backpack, yeah. Yeah. So, and then crosshairs to round it out uh, over there on the side. So, oh, yeah. crosshairs, crosshair, and I was about to say crosshair tech and and um, and wrecker are the easy ones to pick out. Right. So, but yeah, like I said, they look good. It's gonna be gonna be kind of pricey. Um, and again, no Omega. Uh, we still don't. We still never got a Hera. Um, no, wait. Oh, wait. I think we did, actually. Yeah, we got a Hera. No, I'm thinking of something else that oh, we didn't get a Hera for. Regular. No. Yeah, there was, there was, there were, oh, Disney Infinity. That's what it was. We didn't get a Hera figure there, but we did get a Hera figure in the, um, the, the, the regular the, Star Wars, yes. um, whatchamacallit. You got it, didn't you? I did get it, yes. Yeah, that's what I remember you saying. Yeah, so. Uh, but anywho's that folks, um, Rounds out our news section for tonight. Let's get one last ad read in. Oh, uh, I, 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 you know, I, my, my, I'm getting some text messages about uh, Ted Lasso, and I have a sound bite I want to grab, a sound clip I want to grab from the first episode of the season. Oh, our last episode, our last uh, commercial, that is, our last ad read of the night. It's for Blue Aprons Meal Delivery Service. Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always ship free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off. And to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks, that is it for this show. Before we go, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but we're going to mention it uh, again either way. Next week, we are going on Movie Protocol because while it is not normally and well it kind of isn't kidding isn't under the purview of this program john wick chapter four is coming out next week and we are going to go see it separately yes we are going to see it we will probably have something very spoiler light to say about it 
on next week's show. Whether or not that gets recorded Friday or Saturday remains to be seen. But we will be on Movie Protocol next week, so we will not be recording on our regular Thursday time slot. So get ready for guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and with that, I am Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PCN, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Pop Culture Network.com is all the umbrella sites therein. And Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, you could the Osiris that is ish. You can also find him at CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles Twitter account. The Click Nation on Twitter. That's T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word. And theclicknation.com. But you definitely can find him over at uh, comicbook.com under the aforementioned named Timothy Adams right in his face off. Uh, you could find us on the Coastal of the Podcast Network, that's cspn.us. Do it today! You could also find us on your podcast as a place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to like and subscribe, and make sure to leave us all the five-star reviews. Yeah. Um, and again, you can find us most times recording on Thursday nights, uh, 9.30-ish Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and hit the notification button so you know when we are on live. Because when the East is in the house, you should come equip. Oh my God, danger. Exactly. And with that, folks, <laughs> um, stay tuned to our, our social media for when we record uh, next week's show. This has been the Cumberland Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Almost over, y'all. Chibba. I really stand. Uh, uh, uh. Lights out, out. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your ear?